Hello, everyone. This is Patriot Underground here. Now, before we start the show, I just want to say a quick word on behalf of Patriot Underground Gold and PatriotUndergroundSilver.com. You folks have heard me talk a lot about rolling over your 401k and your IRA into precious metals. We all know that the dollar is on its way out. De-dollarization is here. The BRICs are spearheading this effort. Now is the time to make these moves, folks. Click the link in the description and my team will contact you and explain how easy it is. And this will be the best financial decision you've ever made. I am not a financial analyst myself, but quite frankly, you don't have to be to see the direction that things are going in the world. We have a narrow opportunity to protect and secure the wealth that we've earned our entire lives. It's time to de-dollarize yourself and put your savings into precious metals. It's a no-brainer, folks. Click the link in the description, like I said, and you will be happy you did. All right, everybody, enjoy the show. Patriot out. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is November 13th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. As always, All right. hello, everyone, anybody out there taking the time to Today listen. Let me November just kill the volume on 2023. That. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. Wait my a second. Uh, I have an echo happening somewhere. I think it was my volume. I just uh, turned my volume off. That was my bad. Oh, so. All right. Should be good okay. to go now. I apologize, folks. So anyways, welcome to Patriot Underground. I'm very happy for this episode. I'm always happy to welcome my good friend, Carrie Cassidy, back to the show. And this time, of course, we get to do it on camera. I think this is the first time that Carrie has seen me, so it'll be a little bit different, but I'm sure it'll still be a really interesting conversation. So for those people out there who uh, basically are new, I mean, you must be new if you don't know who Carrie Cassidy is. But it, so if you are, I'll just say this, Carrie is a great American patriot. She is a truther. She, she's a researcher. She's an author. She is the founder and the CEO of Project Camelot, which has been up and running now for 18 plus years. Uh, she's done thousands and thousands of whistleblower interviews. She's always at the forefront of all the most recent developments. She's also, in addition to that, a precog, which gives her really unique insights into future events, which she frequently talks about. So Carrie is truly amazing. It's an honor to have you back, Carrie. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. And great, great to see your face as we normally do. Thank you. And it's great to see yours as always, but uh, <laughs> new here, right? So, uh, well, you know, Carrie and I were, were having a conversation the other day, as we typically do before we do a show. And uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, an interview that Juan O'Savin did recently with John Michael Chambers. I believe this was probably about 10 days ago now. I think it was like November 3rd. So um, this wasn't like something that just happened over the past couple of days. And this was actually a very interesting interview because, first of all, it was very short. And Juan's interviews are not known for being short. And, uh, you know, but in, in I think about 29 minutes, he packed in a lot of really uh, interesting information that we're going to talk about tonight. In an, we're going to go into uh, what is it? Um, I think there's uh, probably six or seven different items that I had on my list here. Let me just take a look here. We're going to talk about Trump's return. They got into that a little bit. Uh, the overturning of 2020, the uh, deployment of troops. He made some comments about that. He also talked about the border crisis, specifically having to do with these sleeper cells, because <clears throat> we know all these military age males have been uh, coming into the border, flooding into the border, especially since Biden took office. I think it's something like eight to 10 million more than we already had. Uh, so that's and it, it sounds to me like he's kind of shaping that up as uh, what's going to look like the or what's going to be the, the near death experience. Uh, they also talked a little bit about the war in Israel, the financial crash. So there was a lot of information in this interview. I actually shared it on Telegram. I think uh, folks should check it out. So we're going to talk about that. 
and uh, many other subjects as well. So, uh, Carrie, where do you want to begin? I mean, I know that this was an interview that really, uh, you know, you had a lot to say about. So do you want to start with Trump's return and some of the comments that he made uh, having to do with uh, because, you know, he did say and by the way, for those people out there. I know a lot of people are very critical of Juan, but I will remind everyone that whether you love him or whether you hate him, he's uh, he was really the only one that I can correctly re remember that said um, that Biden was going to actually be sworn in at a time when everyone else was pretty much convinced that that wasn't going to happen. Uh, he also, you know, he did predict the gut punch, you know, talking about uh, Trump's arrest that did come to pass. So, you know, regardless of whether you love him or you hate him, uh, Juan certainly is. Uh, I believe, and I know Carrie agrees with me, and it, probably even more, uh, she would state it even even like more significant terms than I would as being a spokesperson for the White Hats. I certainly believe that Juan is very, very high up um, in the ranks and certainly is, uh, you know, he's doling out intel. So let's talk about this a little bit, Carrie. Um, he did say that the, he said that Trump, I wrote down the quote here, he said, Trump is on his way back. He's doing fine. And he will be recognized as commander in chief before 2024. So why don't we like start there and give us your thoughts, because I know you had uh, you had kind of broken that down and analyzed that a little bit for your audience. But for the benefit of my audience, um, why don't we start there and we'll see where we go. OK, great. Uh, well, first of all, I want to have a caveat here because it occurred to me after I was posting about this and making a big deal about it that it could have been that Juan was actually talking in shorthand. I'm just giving him a little leeway just in case, mm -hmm. because he was talking to John Chambers and perhaps just in the course of, you know, he tended to get a little bit. It was really fascinating to me. He started raising his voice and mm -hmm. he started almost not yelling, but almost, you know, speaking louder uh, purposefully when he was talking about these, this sort of litany of things that he was saying going to happen. Boom, boom, boom. And this all, um, this all transpires halfway through the interview. So, you know, the first part is a little more sedate. And then the second part is when he's really more hard hitting than he's been in a long time. Mm -hmm. And so when he started talking like that, he seemed to be saying 2024, 2024, but he wasn't specifying that it's the election 2024 or 2024 of the year. Obviously, we have a month and a half to go for 2024. So it is actually, as far as I know, he has not said that unequivocally anywhere else until now. And this this interview took place on November 3rd, I believe. So it's on my telegram. I actually broke it down. I, I quoted him or paraphrased him as specifically as I could and the points he was making. So you can go there and check that out. Um, I, I did also text it around to people. I sent it to Juan. I said, did you misspeak or, you know, did you mean January 2024 or were you talking about the election 2024? So I think I did ask him, would he please clarify that on a on an interview that he's going to be doing? I'm sure he'll be talking to Nino very soon. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, just wanted to to sort of set the scene a little bit before we go off the deep end and think he definitely meant January because we're a month and a half away from January. If all of these things are going to happen, boom, boom, boom. Um, I, for one, be, would be very happy because we're kind of people like me have been sitting around 
twiddling our thumbs in essence, waiting for these things that are basically coming down the pike. And <laughs> this is like, uh, I guess, what do you call that? Uh, um, a redundancy, but Albert Pike mm. way back in the 1800s, not one, by the way, actually predicted all of this stuff leading up to the in, the instatement of what we know of as the new world order. Mm-hmm. So then I did a recent interview. Can't remember. Did we talk about this as well with the, um, with the Anglo-Saxon mission information? I don't and, think. Yeah, oh, we didn't. Oh, so I could wrap some of that in here, not to bore people, but just to remind them it's all on my website. So you can go and I have done a, a new, uh, sort of a forward to the actual document that was sent. So what happened was we had a whistleblower, this is back in 2010, who in 2005 was a military guy. He was a a military, I forget his exact rank, in the British military. He had actually had alien interaction in the British military. Uh, He had also been a trusted officer. He was let in on a very top secret meeting of the Illuminati in 2005. He came forward in 2010 to report to Project Camelot. He reported to me, and at the time, uh, my former partner, Bill Ryan, we were actually split at that point. So we were not working together, um, hadn't been for a while. Mm-hmm. And so they, Bill did an interview with him. So Bill has an interview out there somewhere. But I objected to some degree to the interview because it left off a great deal of what the man had to say just by the virtue of not Bill's problem or anything like that. It was just because when you do interviews, you know, you get to certain things and other things go by the wayside or don't get touched on because they're too involved. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the document that I've got linked on my website, I reposted it, like I say, with a new introduction, um, explaining that he is actually, he goes through the years. He actually goes back in time. He talks about how we've been, you know, uh, genetically re-engineered. I think to some degree he he talks about the what I call the Anunnaki, what he was calling another race. I'm sorry, my dog. Um, Neil, can you get my dog? Um, <laughs> she that a squeaky toy? Found just found a squeaky toy. It's I'm like, glad that was a squeaky toy and not the dog. I was a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, she she has decided she wants to be the star of the show. So sorry for this. Well, my cat um, might make an appearance a little bit later. OK, can you please take her anyway? So <laughs> what I'm saying here is that. Um, uh, OK, my my train of thought. You're so talking that, about Bill's interview with this. Individual. Yeah. So so just saying that the document that's on the front page of my website. Anglo-Saxon mission, but is it is an augmented, it is the actual person before he died, and he is dead. He passed on a while ago, and um, I had some back-channel communication with rel- uh, his relatives and so on. Mm-hmm. So want to say that he was a very good man. He was also an artist, and he was a very, you know, good, loving man at heart, and he became very dismayed, especially during this, this uh, meeting to see that they had been planning for years and were talking just a laundry list of items that were coming down the pike. And these things were on the list. Okay. COVID he, they said, um, he said, China's going to catch a cold is what they told him or they told the meeting. 
and uh, other things among that. So it was going to be a bioweapon released somehow to China or on China and by China. And I believe that actually follows the the uh, litany of stuff we have, which is not only did China release the weapon and was involved somehow on Wuhan, of course, their own people, but on Lombardy, Italy specifically, I believe it was sprayed over New York City, portions of that. I believe there were other hot, what we call hot spots. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when this happened, it, it also came out of Fort Detrick in the United States and somehow got, they got working together with the Chinese on this weapon. So the stuff that has been out there, the lies about the release in the Wuhan lab, you know, not lab, uh, marketplace and all that nonsense, you know, this, this is actually not true. Um, now I knew it was not true initially. I knew right away I, I, because I have a very good sense of true and false. I'm not saying it always works, but a lot of times it does. And that tells me when something is true or, or is false right away. I got a lot of pushback from that back in the day, but I don't want to get di- you know, di- digress here. So what we're really talking about is what's going on now and what Juan has been promising. Now he has been promising a near death experience. I don't think that any of the whistleblower material or stuff of the past use those words, but he has been using those words for the last several years, at least three, maybe even four. Yeah. And uh, so, so if something happens, which it certainly looks like it will. And I will say that the, Inciting incident, at least to the World War Three, will be Israel, according to the Anglo-Saxon mission guy, and that it will be Israel attacking Iran. Now, that's what they said. That doesn't mean it's true. I'm just telling you what that material said. I actually think it's very possible that that will trigger a kind of a nuclear response or the threat of a nuclear response from Iran. And that that's where we're going to begin. And then you've got two superpowers. And a lot of people think Iran doesn't have nuclear weapons. And that is wrong. Okay. Now, I know this for a fact because I interviewed numerous times uh, the nuclear scientist Kesh. Do you remember Kesh? I do remember Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I interacted with him quite a bit. We were set to meet with him. Uh, we were leaving from Venice, Italy. We'd flown over there to meet with him. He was located nearby on the outskirts, somewhere near Venice, Italy at the time. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, is we were both shot in the streets of Venice. This is what we believe happened with some kind of weapon that made us both get sick one right after the other, like within five or 10 minutes um, by something. We got deathly ill, both of us, like, I don't want to get too graphic here, but unbelievable. Okay. Super, super sick. Now my partner friend at the time was um, hit harder than I was. I, I, I also tend to bounce back from a lot of stuff. I'm, my health is, uh, I have amazing health. So what happens is he was even worse. I checked us out of the hotel right away. It was at three in the morning, strangely. And I actually had already spotted a, um, a more upscale hotel down the street that we had avoided because of the price. But I actually went right there. I brought my partner. We, we went up to the desk. We had to act like we weren't, weren't sick. And this is, 
this is actually before the days of COVID. Okay, so people weren't suspicious of you. They didn't know whether you were sick or not sick or whatever, luckily. But anyway, we were shot with something and he, we were down for a good, we were supposed to catch a train that early the next morning and meet Cash. It completely derailed our meeting. We weren't able to go at all. We missed a, we were supposed to catch a flight. So we had no way of changing our flight. We didn't have the money to change our flight back in the day. So all of this ensued and interfered with us meeting with Kesh at the time. But I have talked to Kesh on and off the record. I know that Iran has nuclear weapons, okay? All of this stuff they put out there is is not true about these countries, of course. New, of course, Israel has nuclear weapons. Everyone knows that. I assume they know that. So I'm just saying the nuclear standoff, I, I know you're, you're thinking it might be in the United States. I actually think it's going to have to do with Iran and Israel. I could be wrong. It could be a future event. Timing is always very strange when you're trying to predict stuff. So I'm not trying to predict anything. I'm simply telling you that it's on this list of the mis- the Anglo-Saxon mission guy, mm-hmm. that that's the next event that's supposed to happen. Now, one thing about his list, and I, I went over the list in a prior interview um, that I did. And uh, excuse me, I'm not remembered who, who I did that with, but Anyway, it's on my website. You can read everything there. I've also I also did, like I said, a preamble where I list all these things. It looks like the timeline and this is going back before 2005, even years before that is still happening like they were going to stop it. But it, it appears they were unable to. But it was delayed massively when Trump came into office and Hillary Hillary didn't win. Okay, so that kind of derailed their plans temporarily, but they're back on track now. The Biden show is all run by the same people that were running Hillary, which involves Obama, you know, and the New World Order and that whole group. Okay, Mm -hmm. so understanding that they're running ostensibly running the United States. And I do want to talk about this, even go back and forth with you a bit on this idea of who is really running our country. Is Trump the commander in chief as we believe and know he is? And, and even Juan has said unequivocally that he is and that he is actually still president, but he's president of the Republic. How does that, how does that work out when you play that out? You see what I'm saying? Well, you know, this one thing where everyone is completely confused and where people are actually not just confused, but a kind of pissed off by the whole thing. Well, one th- yeah, I agree. And one thing that uh, that did kind of catch my attention, though, is that one said that that Biden, I call fake Biden because I can't bring myself to call him anything else, but that fake Biden is recognized basically by the entire military as being the commander in chief. He said in this interview, except for I think he 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 worded it as like a very thin group, but the group, of course, in Cheyenne Mountain. And he said the top, the ones top that are that are top power so right. yes in Cheyenne mountain that was shut down by trump in like before he left office and then but in march so biden was sworn in in january 21st of 2021 trump was reinstated by the military or at least by this portion of the military through voting that they actually put him back in as commander-in-chief and never sent the codes or anything else to biden Right. OK, and I've actually seen Trump announce that um, on a whole. I've told people this many times, but 
I saw him speak in Minden, Nevada, and he was just rolling on with his normal speech. But for some reason, I really zoned in on this particular part of his speech in which he said he was actually doing a whole litany of how which presidents had the codes and which didn't and how long they kept them. And he basically said, you know, Clinton had them, then lost them. He said Obama had him, lost him or never had him. And, you know, then he went down to Biden. He said he's never had him. Trump has him. Nobody else has him. OK, he was unequivocal, on, at least live in that setting. OK, so I don't know that he's ever done that anywhere else because I've never heard anyone else talk about that. But he has actually said that, OK, to the public. Now, they've been quiet since then, and that was actually uh, a few years ago. But nonetheless, it still, you know, it still has a great impact and is is true. So you're not going to have a nuclear standoff that involves the United States unless Trump is involved. And if Trump is involved, he's going to have to step forward. You can think of it this way as a person who is in control of the codes, which would only be the commander in chief. You see how that works? Mm -hmm. And what Jan Halper Hayes has said to the public, it got picked up like lightning, went around the world. It was in, on a British TV show. And she said, not only does Space Force, and that's what she said, Space Force has all the evidence of the steel. And they do have it on blockchain, by the way, which would watermarked it, if I understand it. And I've known they've had it. And I've been, you know, begging Juan to come forward with that information, which they won't, because they say, oh, it's going to cause a civil war. I don't think that's true. I also think that the civil war is coming, but it's not just going to come because of that. But we can, I digress again. So to get focused on this is just that Trump has a code. We have the threat of a nuclear incident. If indeed one is correct and he wasn't misspeaking, then if Trump is coming to the fore in the next month and a half, you know, this is huge news. OK. And I think he trotted that out with John Michael Chambers. I think John, I don't know a lot about Chambers, but I, I have met him in person. And I, I know um, I want to talk about this. His whole network has just been merged with this Christian right group. And a bunch of journalists have left, especially the most principled ones, saying it's they're going to water down the, the truth. So. This is really crucial. Like at a crucial moment, this network has now been taken down. Chambers has retired supposedly to Thailand, but then he made a bunch of videos. So I don't know how retired he really is. Um, and, and basically the bottom line seems to be that something about the interview with Chambers, uh, Trump, I'm not Trump, Juan, JFK Jr., was using as a platform to trigger the, the dark side. Now, Understanding that when the media does anything, and that includes veterans today, and I've been following them for years and years and years and know the principles behind it, and they were taken over, by the way, uh, a while ago. The bottom line is that if, a, if an agency or a part of government or a secret part of government wants to send a message to the other side, a lot of times they'll put something in the news. They'll tuck it into the news in a way that the general public won't catch on. Mm -hmm. But Juan has done that exact thing because, you know, the White House are actually following a lot of the playbook items and the way that the secret society 
which we call the Illuminati, has operated all these years, understanding that they knew that they needed to be a secret society in and of themselves, and that a lot of the methods of the dark side, like them or not, were actually effective in keeping them secret. So they play both sides, by the way. So they actually almost took the Illuminati's secret society playbook and followed it for their own, you know, guide on how to be a secret society where they were so secret that the Illuminati couldn't follow them. Understand. And they are a collection again, because some people still don't know who the white hats are of military, ex-military agents, you know, ex-agents, you never really get it, become an ex-agent, but nonetheless, um, and, and people like police officers and so on and so forth. So this is where where we really need to focus. We need to look at the situation. We need to see that these things have already come forward and that in this Anglo-Saxon mission statement that he was, again, he got all these points from a meeting he was part of, of the Illuminati in the city of London. Okay, so this was not anybody lightweight. And um, I guess I think it was Admiral Hill Norton or Norton Hill, however you say that, is what is one of the key figures. He didn't name some of the others, but he kind of hinted about who the others, some of the top others might be. How he died, I don't know exactly. Okay, I don't remember. He might have died of some fast acting cancer. I'm not sure, but he, he died several years ago. So just want to say that it is very strange to me. And I think when you're a student of history and not just some, you know, going off the, your rocker emotionally, what you really want to look at is, has the Illuminati playbook happened and is it continuing to happen? Because a lot of people want to say, oh, the White Hats are in control. They're winning, blah, blah, blah. But when you look at this, coming back to 2005 and you see that their playbook is actually happening. They said Israel would start the world war three. They said it would start in the middle East. It would be a huge war, which is also what Pike had said back in the day. So we are actually still on that timeline. Strangely. You know what I found interesting too, that one of the things that Juan uh, talked about in reference to this whole purpose of, you know, world war three emanating from Israel he really put it in a different context. He said, if I remember correctly, it was something like, you know, the real the real um, dogfight is America and that, you know, like it's not the big battle isn't in Israel. It's not Hamas. It's not Hezbollah. He, re- he listed off, you know, a whole a whole bunch of different areas. And in essence, he was basically trying to say that this was connected to the deep states plan to crash the dollar. That yes. basically, you know, we all know that the petrodollar is backed by the U.S. military. And in essence, that um, we guarantee safe passage for all of this oil, not we, but, you know, our, our military, our government. And that basically is the foundation of our currency. And he kind of likened it to, I mean, he, you know, he's had some of his own experience over there in, in uh, crashing the ruble in Russia, which he frequently talks about. And he, he kind of characterized this conflict that's going on right now as part of this whole plan to get all I mean, he connected really all of these different dots to get all of our attention, our media attention, our, our our military, of course, all of our troops over there. And meanwhile, the border is just getting flooded. And he said, basically, that's the real attack. They want to get our, our attention focused on Israel. And 
in that exact moment when we're left vulnerable, that we're going to see this mass activation of these sleeper cells. And, you know, for me, okay. I had actually, I had always kind of, you know, you, you talked about the near death experience. I had always kind of equated that with this nuclear standoff. Like that was going to be the real near death experience. Like we're all, we're all going to be, you know, terrified that nukes are going to start flying and this and that. And, and indeed that might be part of it. But the way that he talked about this issue at the border and how what's going on overseas is in large part a distraction from that and that the real attack is coming, that, that, that it sounded to me like he was saying that was going to be the real near-death experience. And he didn't really obviously elaborate. Maybe he doesn't know in what form these attacks are going to come. I mean, in my view, they're already starting. They've already started all of these fifth-gen attacks. Um, I, I certainly think that they've already activated a number of sleeper cells, but we also know that they've got literally millions and millions and millions that have come in just since Biden took over. And so if they were to unmask, just start attacking, you know, thousands and thousands of attacks simultaneously, I mean, that that would be a true near death experience. And I but I almost wonder, I mean, how do you how do you come back from that? I mean, once that cat is out of the bag. And our military forces, you know, presumably are overseas or they're basically everywhere else, but where they should be protecting our own border. Um, and you've already got a whole bunch of people out there on a sort of a hair trigger. And, you know, to me, that sounds like the the recipe for disaster. And I don't I don't see how the military um, unless and, and I know that this is, you know, sort of a controversial idea, but unless the White Hats have massively infiltrated this whole oper this deep state operation at the border. But what possible response could they have? Because I know Juan has said in the past that in the end, the military would be called in. The military would step in, in essence, to stop a civil war. But if it gets that far and we have all of these, you know, these random uh, sleeper cells just going off all at once, uh, I, I just don't really see. I mean, unless I'm missing something here, how that wouldn't, you know, then just completely unravel very quickly into a, you know, a civil war type of a situation. Because once people, I've always said, once people start picking up their weapons uh, to defend their families and, you know, I mean, all bets are off. Everything kind of goes out the window at that point. And to me, the White Hat plan had always been to, to prevent a scenario like that from unfolding. So what are your thoughts on that? Okay. I mean, Well, let me say this. OK, see, uh, yes, I understand what you're saying and I understand how you're following that trail. But. According, again, to my information and also to my analysis of what Juan's trying to say. So, yes, he did highlight the petrodollar and that it is actually part and parcel. And I did some added research on this now and I posted it on my telegram. I think I don't know if I had time to post it to your to you, but it is there. So if people want to go see it. But I, I just want to say that I found an article that was written earlier this year, about February 2021, no, 2023, I think it was this year, and basically talking about the whole role of how Saudi Arabia is withdrawing slightly from the whole backing of the petrodollar, going to encourage other currencies, and also considering joining the BRICS. Now, this, what this tells you, and, and it's actually, I, I wrote it, it's quite a litany. You can see that what the U.S. is actually doing, and it's not Israel by itself. This is key, okay? So what it reveals is not only do we have the Ben-Gurion pipeline or canal that they want to build, the pipelines they also want to put through northern Gaza, that this whole package 
was pre-planned in advance, sad to say, with the help of the United States. Now, I'm assuming not the White Hats. However, this is key. The White Hats are going along with it. And this is worrying, okay, because it shades of what will become the Trump administration, okay, and what they do and who they back and how much truth will really come out when they're in, in office, okay? Now, what is happening here is that they are using Israel. They're using Hamas. That whole thing was set up. It was all known in, in advance. Don't ever believe anyone who tells you differently because the evidence is so prolific oh, yeah. and it comes from all different sides. And now we are finding out that they're, the U.S. with their ships in the in the Gulf and also with their they've got like over 5000 military people on the ground in Israel participating in the genocide of of Hamas. OK, fully cognizant of what the hell they are doing. And the, the movement, again, they're giving like they've got this new thing. They're going to allow four hours for them to move south. OK, this is unbelievable. OK, what's going on there. And on top of it, Saudi Arabia and OK, I, again, I talked about the AI and the AI component in the in the surveillance that Israel said they were a survey, you know, AI uh, superpower in, in basically April uh, of this year before the whole attack happened, that there's it, that it's absolutely clear that this stuff has been set up, that they even created Hamas at a certain point. And so what we're really talking about is a complete setup that involves these pipelines, that involves giving Israel, it's a shift in power in the Middle East to take away the power that Saudi Arabia and the other Arab countries have, and and I guess Russia as well, because Russia's pipeline was attacked, as you know, Nord Stream and all that. So what we're talking about is, and I'm actually contacted Dean Henderson, because he's a, an American journalist who has written books on this whole oil debacle worldwide. But Juan also said in the same interview, which he said many times and is absolutely true, Oil is a renewable resource, just like primary water, by the way, that Deborah Tavares has has accented and gone into. So when they try to tell you there's a water water shortage, that's false. And so what we're looking at is not a scarcity of oil. And in fact, on the contrary, the United States has a huge bastion of oil Uh, reserves. uh, mm -hmm. And Trump was was releasing that when he was in office, apparently getting us off of any dependency in the Middle East. But what's happened again is this reversal into scarcity or scarcity thinking in the Middle East that involves Netanyahu being a puppet in essence, not not in charge, but being used. And this whole shift to Gillette Israel and Israel, when you talk about Israel in essence, I don't think Israel would even exist without the help of the United States. And I've been researching this in depth. Okay, so without the backing of this big tiger, this military tiger, even though Israel has a tremendous amount of military power, they have nuclear weapons in Demona. They're also run by the Anunnaki. And I have witnesses on this and I can talk about that, but I don't want to beat this drum over and over again. But it's still pertinent. Mm -hmm. 
And the Anunnaki are crucial when you're looking at our financial situation. So again, the petrodollar, the fall of the dollar, the pushing down of the dollar, but it can be reversed. And see, Juan is actually, he's kind of let the playbook out of at least the White Hats to a degree when he said that actually the dollar is going to go up in the future and be, again, the reserve currency. The only way that would happen is if this attack and this moving of pipelines and moving, you know, digging of the Ben Gurion Canal, focus going to Israel to put them in a power position. They're basically going to take a lot of the power away from even Egypt that is totally financed by the U.S. and backed. Okay, for years and years, the U.S. backed a dictator in Egypt, and I, 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 I lead tours there. I talk to the locals all the time. I can tell you. That is a totalitarian government for all intents and purposes. And the U.S. backs that. Okay, so they do not let those people. And another thing they do in Egypt is put a lot of the prisoners that are supposed to go to Guantanamo that that are a certain kind of prisoner. And I don't know exactly the divisions. They they go to prison in Egypt and Egypt is like their backdoor fallback. Okay, so so just saying a lot of people don't realize that when we're looking at the Middle East, we're looking at a place where the U.S. has their hand in every almost every pot in every direction. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you get back to Lawrence of Arabia, which is a wonderful movie, it does relate to the fact that these what we call countries in you know back in the day in the arab world are not considered countries per se they are maybe fiefdoms all right family bloodline fiefdoms but you know having to do with the bedouins having to do with the kind of style of life they had back then and so on which by the way included child brides to old men this is their way okay this is not what we would term pedophilia from our point of view in their world is perfectly acceptable at a certain in a, in a certain context okay and so i'm just you know kind of i know i'm spreading out a bit here but to get back to this situation so saudi arabia you've got to start focusing on saudi arabia and uh, i think it's called uh, salman bin um bin no bin salman whatever you know who i mean mm-hmm. the the Saudi Arabian prince who's in charge, by the way. And by the way, this gets back to the Vegas um, attack in the United States that was even said to be a kind of a coup. What happens is he was going to make peace with Israel right before this whole thing started. Well, they can't have that because they wanted to shift the power away from Saudi Arabia because they can't have this superpower oil country in charge of what would, in essence, take down the dollar. So this, you know, so it's kind of convoluted and I may not even have all the all the pieces. Okay, so because we're not party to every deal that's made, every handshake that goes on behind the scenes. But I just want to say the world needs to stop focusing so much on Hamas versus Israel and start realizing how involved the United States is, how this could lead to a nuclear standoff wherever it happens. And I also want to say this about the interesting thing about the whole Hamas terrorist idea. Okay. This actually harks back, believe it or not, to the thinking harks back to 9-11 
and the idea, you know, that one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. And why would we be put into this scare position, this terror position that in the United States, yes, we have an open border. Yes, we have people coming in, but chi the Chinese are, a, are more of a threat, actually, as far as I'm concerned, than the Hamas. But you have to look at it a little more, you know, focused, because any time you have a terrorist group, they're always backed by the state. It's been proven again and again and again. So do not think that it's going to be, oh, we should be so scared of Hamas and they're going to drum up some attacks and attack us all over the United States. No, I don't see that. I see only orchestrated events that have been already going on, which involve things like Ohio, which involve, you know, train spills, you know, uh, which involve Maui, the attack within at Space Force, a direct attack on Space Force, revealing that Space Force itself, even in Cheyenne Mountain and NORAD, would be infiltrated. And then we have very weird things going on in our alternative media. And I know I'm jumping subjects here, but I think it's important because I feel like people, they isolate these events, okay, and they don't seem to see the connecting lines. And then we have what is a very well-known alternative channel that was actually making money and rising in popularity. I've been on there several times as a guest, <laughs> as have others. And James Grunvig has, has really made a name for himself as a really a, a crack journalist. I have to give him some credit here, as well as others. Okay. Um, Josh is is a, another person. Um, there are others. Uh, I understand. I didn't see her show, but Alexandra from Forbidden um, Truths or whatever her website's called. What I'm saying here is that it's very strange that right in the midst of all of this craziness, a very good, solid, quite large media um, outlet called AMP, America Media Periscope, has now suddenly had a what I think is actually, um, you know, a, a forced merger, right, um, with this Christian network, which is a, kind of a Christian cable network, if I understand it correctly. Mm -hmm. And that those people also, at least according to my back channel sources, are probably Zionists, okay, behind the, the scenes, which lends a whole different light to the situation. It even... It even speaks that maybe this whole operation is a Mossad intervention into the alternative media sector and coming at a time again when Israel wants good headlines, wants positive, you know, reinforcement for who they are and what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? So I don't take that lightly. I know some people do, but I am looking at that very closely. I happen to be in touch with some of the journalists that have been operational in that show in the background and i can tell you that they are planning to create their own channel but a lot of people don't realize this okay my channel on youtube was taken down i think it was 2021 march since then i actually still to this day have people say to me oh my you haven't been doing anything i haven't seen you around where are you blah 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 because they only go to youtube and they don't pay any attention. They don't even do a Google search. I mean, people are just insane. 
in that way. Yeah, they so, think YouTube's the only platform. A lot of people yeah. have no idea that Rumble even exists. It's amazing to me. And so what happens is when you have a tried and true, anything that starts to get a name for itself, don't take that lightly that they have suddenly been crashed in on, had, uh, you know, uh, what is in essence a, um, a, 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 an anti attack, attack on, on them. They have all abandoned ship. Okay. A lot of the good journalists, and I'm talking a lot of journalists jump ship, right? Like exactly when this happened. Um, I think that some I'm I'm going to go on, out on a limb here a little bit and probably people won't like it, but I'm going to bring it up. One of the owners who actually sold out to this company is Chambers. Now, look at this scenario a little bit. He moves to Thailand, says he's retiring, but suddenly does interviews with various people, even about this takeover. Right. Um, and then on top of it. He had health problems for the last couple of years that they really attacked him health wise. I consider COVID an attack. Okay. I consider the, that attack of the bioweapon on our population. So he was no exception. How it happened to him. He said he didn't take the jab. I think I heard, but apparently fallout, you know, all of the jumping. Well, I call the nano graphene oxide jump jumping from person to person in public places. However, that happened. He, he got very sick maybe even close to death. Then he moves to Thailand. Then he sells out to this company. What do you see? I see a person who has been attacked and attacked and attacked and has basically become a weak link and allowed them to step in and take over the channel. So this is what we're looking at, okay? I don't think we we should take, this is a, a war. I don't think we should be taking this lightly. I think that we should be paying attention. I think where guard should be up in the media, especially alternative media, because that's where the truth is coming from. And if they start taking us down, especially the tried and true people out here that we've learned to trust, that's going to be crucial. I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, I I, I think that uh, it's really encouraging to hear that. Uh, Grunvig and Reed and these other guys, I have great amount of respect for. I've actually uh, would love to get, uh, would love to have an opportunity to talk with those guys at some point. But it's very encouraging that they're going to go off and start their own platform. Now they weren't let go; they they made the decision on their own to leave. Correct? Right. Like instantaneously. Okay. No, yeah. Well, fact, they were given very bad packages, offers to stay. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Lower, lower, lower pay less, you know, impact, whatever. I mean, I, it's, you know, it's not my business and I don't know all the details. Okay. But I, I do know that they were given what they consider to be very bad offers to stay. Hmm. Well, I mean, one thing I can tell you is that alternative media, the truth, the truth movement is always going to find a way. I mean, we're always going to find some other platform, build some other platform. I mean, we're fully committed at this point. So if they think that by taking down a platform or two, not to, not to suggest that it's not significant and that's something that we shouldn't pay attention to. But if they think that's going to stop this movement at this point, they're absolutely insane. Now, let me let me kind of go back a little bit to what we, where we started, you know, talking about this interview that that Juan did with Chambers. And I, I didn't really know that whole angle that you had just described that he was one of the owners. And so that's very interesting. But um he did say that that Trump, he, first of all, he said we're in for a he, he said critical, brutal 
tough moment ahead, which sounds to me like it's going to be, I mean, if we're talking about the border, if we're talking about all of these sleeper cells, we're talking about, I mean, God only knows what they've got cooked up, but that it seems to me like a lot of people, uh, a lot of innocent people are going to be killed in this, in this scenario that's coming. And so clearly it raises a whole bunch of questions that I think get right down to the heart of what you and I so often talk about, which is why, if you know this is coming, and I mean, in essence, I mean, I, I guess the way that Juan has described it is that, you know, this has been going on for such a long time and it's it's got so much momentum that at a certain point there are no real good options. And he's always talked about, and, you know, to a, to a degree, I, I believe this is true, that um, you know, they have to be very cognizant about how the public is going to react to the, the White Hats coming out. And if they do things too prematurely, then it could, 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 you know, be basically play directly into the deep state's hands because the mainstream media could spin it and they could create all types of chaos, civil war, on and on and on. So I think there's a legitimate argument there. But like I was saying before, I mean, if, if this is allowed to go forward, um, uh, my feeling is, is that because I, I, I do have faith in the plan and the White Hats, and I think that ultimately we come through this, we come out on the other side of it. But yes. to me, that seems like, uh, you know, if they didn't have some sort of safeguards in place, if they didn't have some way of addressing this issue at the border, because that's, I think, what I, you know, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, is there any conceivable way, in your view, that they could actually have a handle on this thing behind the scenes? Or do you think it's because if they don't, it seems to me like a recipe for total disaster and total chaos. And when you get the military overseas, I mean, certainly we've got, we know about Cheyenne Mountain. I mean, I, I certainly would like to, I, I was a little bit surprised when I heard Juan characterize the, uh, basically that the entire military is looking at uh, recognizing Biden as the, the commander in chief, except for, you know, the, the people with Q clearance in Cheyenne Mountain, I had always uh, been of the uh, of the viewpoint that it was a much larger portion. Like Trump said, he had 200 generals behind him when, you know, when famously when he did that whole speech. So I was a little bit concerned when I heard that, because I've, I've always uh, um, been of the persuasion, let's just say, or I've been persuaded that uh, that the White Hats do have hidden military assets all over the country and and have been engaging in this covert operation for years now. And clearly the biggest attack vector, I mean, as far as just we, the people here in America are concerned, it's the border. That's the biggest threat by far. I mean, certainly there's, you know, there's a whole conversation to be had about nuclear weapons. You know, a lot of people don't even think that they still exist, that they've all basically been deactivated. Uh, you know, that's, that's a whole, you know, other, I guess, rabbit hole we could get into. But I mean, as far as the border goes, I think this is I mean, this is something that we can all see. This is something that's very visible. We can see the massive hordes. We already know how many people have come across the border. So is there any conceivable way, in your view, that they could actually have some sort of a plan, some sort of a strategy, whether by infiltration or whether just by having military assets in the right places to be able to prevent this thing from going completely sideways? Because once this starts... And I mean, let's face it, we're an armed country. I mean, people aren't just going to sit on their hands and not pick up their weapons and defend themselves and, and address these threats. This will happen. And I hope they understand that because, you know, people out there, I mean, I know I, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to hesitate for one second when it comes to protecting their families. So, you know, this makes it very, very real. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on on from a white hat perspective, what what you think 
Uh, do you think this is just going to be total chaos and a total free for all? Do you think that they have some sort of a strategy to handle this and prevent it from blowing up? I think that they do have a strategy. In fact, I can talk to you about that a little bit. Okay. Uh, one of the shows I did with Nino and Nino lives at the border. Okay. As you may know. Mm -hmm. And so he is very close to a lot of what's going on down there. And I also know for a fact that Juan has made several trips down to the border. So he's extremely knowledgeable about what's going on down there. Mm -hmm. One thing that Nino noticed kind of accidentally. And at the same time I was noticing, because I got some Intel coming in is that, we don't just have, um, you know, enemy Chinese uh, and, and, and maybe various races that even could pass as Chinese or whatever mm -hmm. coming in through our southern border. But we also have the White Hats, I think, have arranged to bring in and to train in Texas. And there has been evidence of this coming out leaks uh, that they've been training a certain group of either Koreans or a mixture of Chinese and Koreans or, or other even country races from countries. In other words, they look kind of similar and can't necessarily be distinguished on the ground, you know, by the average American, let's say. I heard about El Salvador in that context too. Um, so, so let me say that they are, I think they're seeding those groups that are um, sort of like as a stopgap to, to deal with this, a group, group, various groups that, that are coming in that are anti-American, they're backing us or supporting us with some pro-American groups that are going to look the part, but they're not going to be against us. And so they will be positioned, I believe, in key areas. Los Angeles, of course, being a, a, a definite battleground in this regard. Texas, various cities. So... I don't think we're complete. I don't think the White Hats are sitting on their hands. But on the other hand, I also am not so sure they're gauging the threat quite as well as they could be, in part because I think that, you know, I, I say this many times, but I believe very clearly that that David Adair was correct when he said that Sophia wanted bodies. She didn't want humans involved in building them. And so she, in essence, wanted androids but you know androids built and they could have easily been in saudi arabia android soldiers so if you look at and we already know from our discussions with one of my whistleblowers called p peterson go back and watch those interviews fascinating um where he was talking even back then and this is probably 10 years ago um he was talking about we had armies underground of androids that are ready to fight the next war. Back then it was the next war. Now we are so close that I I almost wouldn't call it the next war. I think we're we're I think we're merging into the war with off-planet and alien AI races. But be that as it may, because a lot of people don't want to go there. When again, let's let's go back. Why does Israel announce to the world that they are an AI superpower? That would be like throwing down the gauntlet to someone like Saudi Arabia, who has Sophia, who has already been building for the last five years, bodies that could easy, easily be soldiers. And I believe Israel has probably been building the same thing. She, they have probably been involved in building Android bodies at, at the same time. And I've also suggested in prior interviews that some of the soldiers who are actually executing Hamas 
in this genocidal effort could easily be, they wouldn't be just regular humans. They could easily be cyborgs and or, you know, completely controlled android soldiers that we are not party to. And the United States, of course, having their own armies of such. I'm just trying to put this into perspective so that people understand what we're really dealing with here. Now, the White Hats know what I know. All right. So they're not naive. Juan certainly knows what I know. Um, there, It's interesting. There are a lot of hit things coming out on Juan right now. So someone is trying to shut him up. Right. And I think that he has been extremely careful. I've noticed, you know, a pattern in his interviews prior to the one with Chambers, where he actually came forward and he got very, you know, energetic, let's say, over saying the things that were going to happen. I mean, he clearly said, we are going to have troops in the ground, I believe, on, in America, on American soil, before Trump is recognized as commander in chief. So, again, Did he say on American soil? Sorry? Did he say on, on American soil, we'd have troops on American soil? Yes. Well, I believe he, he was talking about that. I mean, that's how I read it. And now everyone, I have it quoted on my, again, on my telegram. You can, you can do your own research. You can certainly listen to the interview again and again and start to, you know, see where nuances could come in and where he might have meant something else. But I believe he was basically saying before Trump gets recognized, we will have American troops. We have we will have troops on our soil. And I believe that that's going to involve, if not a martial law kind of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Then some kind of pushback against any so-called terror attacks. But they're terror attacks backed by the deep state. These, you know, these cells, as people call them, they're not just crazies running around with, you know, bombs in their hands. No. And they haven't been even even back in the day when there were. You know, I think this goes back to to, you know, Patty Hearst and the, the you know, Liberation Army and all this kind of thing. In other words, a lot of these this has been going on even in Europe and in cer certainly France is very familiar with this already, having had the Heb Charlie Hebdo thing and, and, and so on and so forth. When you dig into it, you find a lot of false flags. You find a lot of people that didn't really die. You know, it goes on and on. So if we're going to have some of those incidents, I don't know. I think it's possible. It's very possible. But there will be triggers. Um, I, I think that, we again, we need clarification from Juan on this interview he did with Chambers to know whether he really was saying January, which, what is in essence 2024, January the beginning of 2024, whether all of this is going to transpire up to there or whether we're looking at months and months and months, again, of this drawn out thing, which leads up to uh, an election that may never happen. And I have already come forward saying that I thought it was very possible that in June, I felt that uh, that Trump may actually come forward at that time. I didn't have any idea that he would come forward this quickly. So I don't, I'm not certain, you know, the evidence supports that, but of course I'd be delighted. I mean, sure, I we all, you know, yeah, we all would. Yeah. But I, I do want to say one thing before we kind of move about. Sure. It's very important, I think, for people to understand the white hat thinking here. So you've got these groups, you've got the white hats, you've got the Illuminati, you've got the Mossad, you've got the CIA working together, by the way. 
and behind the scene, right. part of the New World Order, part of even the Anunnaki push, etc. But you've also got a setup that is going to allow Trump to stand forward, not just as commander in chief, but to save the day in the way that he sort of has of doing so anyway. In other words, he was the he was basically a, an incredible peacemaker. He was the one who should have won the award. Right. Not Obama, who did nothing. Right? That was the biggest joke ever. Yeah. Right. So so what we're really looking at an opportunity for Trump to if Trump was to to we were to reach a nuclear standoff, however it happens and wherever it happens, right? Whoever's threatened, certainly the United States is going to be involved one way or another, either defending or aggressing or whatever it is. So when you look at that, if Trump is the peacemaker, this could immediately not only reveal the white hat agenda to some degree and the fact that he has been here all along holding the codes not allowing Biden and the Biden show, as I call it, to take hold and have their nuclear you know, events, which they wanted to have a standoff with Russia that never came to pass. So you know what I'm saying? In other words, that would put Trump in a position where even his naysayers here in the United States would have to grudgingly acquiesce if he saved the day in terms of, of a nuclear standoff. So I don't, I know it's kind of um, objectionable to say you're going to have a nuclear standoff and it's going to allow this guy to be a hero, but it's almost like inevitable because anything, any kind of standoff situation, nuclear or otherwise, Trump is in a position to stop. And I also think people need to get their heads into the leaders of these countries that are already totally cognizant and know, as does Netanyahu, by the way, that Trump is the real leader of our country and that he is actually behind the scenes, as Jan Halper Hayes has said, mm -hmm. not only commander in chief and Juan has said the same thing, but he is also president. And the 2020 election, if they would just release the information, the evidence he absolutely won. And so this is where we're going to be. OK, we're going to be with a standoff of some kind. We're going to be with some kind of nuclear threat, whatever kind of threat. And someone is going to have to step in with a, a, a wiser, um, you know, sort of um, approach. And it would logically be Trump because he will have the influence. It doesn't matter whether even even though he does have the office, even he has the office or not, because he has the influence based on everything he's done in the past, based on, by the way, something that's not being mentioned much, except by Charlie Freak, I think it's called, um, you know, who I did an interview with a long time ago. Um, and I don't agree with Charlie's assessment. OK, I don't believe the White Hats are totally in control. I believe they're actually, you know, fighting every day to try to try to get some control. But I think that this thing, again, it goes back to 20, 2005. It goes back to Pike in the 1800s. Obviously, the White Hats didn't drum up this scenario. It was already well underway when they jumped into the fray. OK, so for them to be in control is not what's happening. Again, and, and just want to say, so it positions Trump perfectly 
to come forward again on the world stage and to save the day and for the White Hats to reveal once and for all that Biden is not in control, to throw him out using the law of war manual, which they had the right to do according to the Geneva Convention, going back to um, what was actually one year to the day when Biden was sworn in. Our military was supposed to come forward at that time, depose the entire fake government and shoot on sight the traitors. That's actually in the law of war manual. And Juan has talked a lot about the law of war manual. So this is a Department of Defense document. I've read some of it. I can I'm definitely quoting accurately about that. So this is this is actually worth looking at. And even stepping back from and then realizing now I know the White Hats say they want to wake people up. So that's why they're allowing this stuff to happen. But I think it gets a little deeper than that. I think that they are actually allowing certain things that work to their advantage and other things that aren't there. They may be blocking. They may be sending off to the wayside. They may be interfering with what we don't know. You know, there's actions taking place. Mm. And, and some mitigating circumstances that we, again, don't really know exactly what's going on. But I don't think they're sleeping. And I think Trump is, is a very busy <laughs> statesman. I think he's extremely, um, extraordinarily sly and, and brilliant. And I also think it's very possible that the real Trump spends most of his time in Cheyenne Mountain and not out where it can be, you know, taken shots oh, at. Hey. I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Well, you know, you said that Trump would be in a position to stop this. Do you think that there have been secret alliances that have been made behind? You know, this is talked about a lot of, between Putin, uh, perhaps even Xi. What right. you might call it the TPX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he they calls call it the TPX triumvirate that basically that, you know, that they've made this agreement that there's not going to be any worldwide uh, world war. Uh, do you buy into that or do you think that that's still very much do you think it could still go in either direction? Because the way that a lot of people frame it is that, you know, we're, we're unequivocally where we're, the decisions already been made by world powers, the, the ones who are really in control behind the scenes that we're not going to go in that direction. We're not going to have a nuclear war, which would certainly lend a lot of credence to the theory that must, much of what we're watching is pantomime. If that's the case, if this had already been in, in essence sort of mapped out and gamed out behind the scenes and we're just kind of watching this play out as a movie but i i I don't know that you necessarily agree with that what's your opinion on that well i i object to the idea that it's playing out as a movie again in part because you got to know your enemy and there's no way that the deep state has stood down okay and they probably never will and there were even people that told us in the day back in the day in camelot that they would destroy this earth or see it destroyed rather than stand down. You understand that? Sure. Rather than lose sure. control. They mm-hmm. don't care. They, they, you know, they don't see death as, uh, you know, the end anyway. They know full well that you're reincarnated so and so. But I'm sure they want to keep this game going. So I think that, again, what I was saying in the beginning of this discussion, where Juan appears to be throwing down the gauntlet, at least in the discussion with Chambers. And I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, whether the date that he was pushing, because what happened when he made that statement with Chambers that Trump was going to come forward by 2024? 
if that was really true and people thought that was true in a month and a half, then a lot of things would have to happen. Boom, boom, boom. Right. In the next few weeks, like unbelievable. Um, but it, but when he said that Hillary came out around the exact same time and said, when Trump comes in office or if he does, he will be a Hitler dictator. That's what she said unequivocally. Okay. And I don't have the, you know, the, the video, but it's out there. So, and that's a, that's, I believe that's a fake Hillary. I think she is killed. I think SG Anon has uh, sufficiently backed that statement, but Juan objects. Juan does not agree with that apparently. Um, so I'm not, you know, <laughs> far be it to me, you know, to say one way or the other, but I really, you know, well, you know, it's interesting. You brought up, uh, you mentioned uh, Jane Halpert. Oh, sorry. I'll let you, I'll let you consider. No, no, I don't no. it's okay. I mean that I just wanted to say that it's, you know, in other words, you throw down a gauntlet, you're looking for the enemy to have an, a reaction. You're trying to provoke or, 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 or poke the tiger, so to speak. Right. Or in Juan's case, he's constantly calling the bull. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, that Trump's the Magador and, and he's provoking the bull. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. Well, if the bull wasn't wasn't the enemy or the opposition, you wouldn't bother to do all that. It's just, you know, so they have to be a threat of some sort. Right. Right. You know what, yeah. It's okay. very real. I mean, real yeah. people are dying. Let's, you know, be real. 100%. I mean, and I can't even count the number of people who probably are still dying of COVID. So I know some people are out there saying COVID failed. Actually, I think it was a great success. And I think that the real success of COVID is the transhuman agenda that a lot of people won't speak to, which I have talked about over and over again. So, you know, and look, I can't help you if you want to ignore that. Okay. But it's real. So, Looking Absolutely. at the playing field, it's all how you analyze it. It's all what you allow to come in to your kind of um, analysis and analyze the playing field, see the different players, see the different um, investments. And I talked on another show about this, but interestingly, in the, uh, the, the you know, Anglo-Saxon whistleblower guy, he actually goes beyond this time and he looks to the future. And he talks about how they are working on the dark side to create their new world order, which is a totalitarian government to run us. We all know that. We all know that's the real battle, right? But on the other side of that is, whether you like it or not, a unity that could come about as a result of this so-called alliance, even, understanding that we eventually have already started to join the galactic community and that we are going to be fighting the negative alien races that have and AI races that have been invading our planet now for eons and that we are going to be throwing them out. Okay. And you can't do that if we are being infiltrated in other countries, if people are working, you know, at each other's throats here on earth, earth will have to be united. So a lot of this this uh, World War Three stuff is all about getting the alliances in place to fight once and for all these invaders from outer space, believe it or not. So this is where we're going. Um, and, um, you know, I know you're not on the screen right now. So I don't know if we're done, you know, if you if you want to come back and, and have more or. All right. Or I just had to I just had to run out in the other room for two seconds, but I could still hear you. I apologize. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, no, um, I absolutely, you know, I agree with everything you said. And, you know, we can certainly talk about uh, the transhuman agenda. We can kind of switch gears a little bit into, you know, topics about AI and such. Most of our conversation, I mean, normally, actually, we we kind of do get into AI and the transhuman uh, discussion. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm kind of curious. I Before we do that, I, I do want to get your take because you mentioned Jan Halper Hayes. And obviously, she's been, you know, all over. Uh, alternative media. She's really made some pretty explosive uh, statements. And I think coming from a, an individual in her position, uh, clearly that's something we have to pay attention to. And most recently, uh, she said that that tribunals were already going on. I, I believe she said in the Mediterranean. And, you know, to kind of connect this to what to Juan, because we've been talking about Juan a little bit here. Well, a lot, actually. Uh, Juan, I think initially, like you said, I mean, he, he he's he's completely unequivocally said that, you know, these secret executions is just a bunch of BS. Right. But he has I think well, he has said there have been intel officers. I think he's kind of how he intimated that they have been having some preliminary Trials, I don't know, trial would probably be the wrong word, investigations, whatever you call those, committees also. Um, and it's possible some of the committees that we don't hear about, even in Congress, could be beginning some of those investigations. So I don't think he's completely denying it, but he's certainly denying it more than, you know, um, Gene Decode, who is going on in, at length on that. And I did bring this up, but on this news group that I'm part of, I believe it was one that actually put out a link to this guy called the chief, who is a chief, former chief of police for some state in the United States. And he's come forward as a whistleblower. He's established this very sort of remedial website that actually has a whole list of with with detail about those who have been executed, including and some of whom are now clones so that the public wouldn't be the wiser and a, a practice that I'm, I object to, but nonetheless. Um, well, clearly some of these people aren't the same people. I mean, we know that we don't need any, any proof. Right. Of that. I mean, all you need is. Well, your... I mean, Matthew Perry though, is a case in point, sad to say. So that even Matthew Perry was involved with adrenochrome, child sacrifice, etc. I mean, he does not mince words, this guy chief. And I put the links, if you want to join, charges five dollars to get this list and it's quite a quite a big list um it's not huge but it's good and it does say you know this one was in, is in you know got was put terminated for this and this and this and this i mean it's really oh i've seen yeah i mean so, lists i mean you know and i've it, this is going back a while now and this is this is nothing new right but i mean the question i've always no, had but he is a relatively i i think he just came forward recently Oh, okay. So That's his name, friend. he goes that, by Chief. This particular right? whistleblower called The Chief. The Chief. All right. I'm going to have to look into that. But, you know, the point that I was really getting at or driving at there was, you know, I've always, I mean, I, we've heard, we've been hearing about these secret military tribunals now for a couple of years. Yep. And, you know, so a lot of people, you know, I when when they hear, oh, yeah, they're going on, it's like people are kind of rolling their eyes at this point and going, yeah, okay, well, where's the proof? And, you know, it's, but it's strange in a sense, Carrie, because obviously, like I said, we know that certain individuals, are not the same people. I mean, it's just it's you 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 couldn't possibly convince us otherwise if you have eyes to see. But then yeah. the flip side of that coin is, and, and Juan has actually mentioned this before, that if 
they're having these military tribunals in secret. And let's take it a step farther. If they're actually executing people covertly, um, that is, I mean, first of all, how do you, how do you ever explain that to people? How do you ever, I mean, and that's one aspect of it. And then the second aspect of it is, is that really going to satisfy the people's need for justice, you know, to see, to, to hear about this? I mean, you know, I guess we're going to, we're going to, come to terms with the fact that we've been lied to about absolutely everything. And then on top of that, they're going to tell us, oh, and by the way, we also right. executed all these people that you thought were still alive all of these, you know, these past several years. How is that going to help rebuild and reestablish trust? I mean, that's the issue that I've always well, I had. think it's a huge problem. Uh, you know, I won't I won't shy away from that. But I will say that one of the things that Juan said in his again, his interview with Chambers is that Basically, these people, not only military who have lied to other military, he said unequivocally that they are traitors, that they should be up on treason and that they will be. He actually said they will. Yeah, be. That was the party got and, really animated. Yes. And yeah. he said um, on top of it that, you know, that these people that they were committing war crimes and, and crimes against humanity that were went under the purview, not of, of us, not even of our superior court, but that it was going under the military um, jurisdiction, if you will, because of the type of crime that they were involved in. So there's no doubt that we're going to need some kind of EBS or some kind of educational something that is going to do more than have people walk away and go, that's just CGI, right? So, you know, it's huge. It is huge. And this gets into this idea. And I don't even know how they're going to handle it properly is going to be this idea that even things could go go to a wonderful level. We could have peace. We could have, you know, prosperity. But if we are going to be buying into the idea that they have been executing people on our watch, on their watch, and we have not been told about it. Yeah. And that these are some of the Hollywood people and and that they have been very involved. I mean, Robert De Niro's son is on this list, for God's sake. Not that he died from an overdose, but he died because he was executed because he was fully involved in the Drenochrome Highway, as was De Niro, who's apparently not even De Niro anymore. I mean, and you certainly know the Tom Hanks story and so on and so forth. Sure. In other words, this is so extreme and they were going to have to demonstrate this and explain this to such a complete degree that I don't see how you avoid. Now, this, I think, will cause the civil war. I think that even, you know, there are enough crazies out there who don't even even won't look at the Satanist aspect of this battle that we're in that a lot of us, at least more on the right, are, are much more aware of. OK, and I don't think you can under um, understate how important that aspect is, because if you don't understand that and you also don't understand that Satanism and reptilians and drinking blood and vampires and all of this is all part of the same package and that we have been invaded and we've been invaded time and time again in this regard and that humans are taken as slaves off the planet regularly, especially under cover of war, which is probably happening right now in Hamas and orchestrated, in fact, 
with a corridor coming in and out of, you know, portals, basically coming out of the area of the Middle East. In other words, we are feeding these off-planet races that do not keep us in a good light, who don't want to see us prosper, who have been trying to infiltrate us and create war and dissension on our planet now for eons. And that includes, by the way, they weren't also turning off nukes. They were turning them on. And there's actually, you know, this the To the Stars Academy, um, that rock rock and roller who was part of it, he knows that, for example. He found out about that. These stories are out there. The military, you know, the reveal that they're starting to work towards, you know, slowly but surely to get people to realize that we actually have been invaded really six ways to Sunday, as I say. And the bottom line is that the a lot of the hybrids that are, again, coming up from South and Central America into the United States are gray human hybrids. They're part of a hybridization, you know, alien hybrid, alien human hybrid program. And they are easily programmable by the gray ETs and their AI masters. So this is an X-Men scenario ultimately. And I know I am the only person out there talking like this, but someday that's not going to be the case. Someday I'm going to be joined by quite a few people and a lot of evidence, you know, that, but it's the evidence is actually there on my, as far as witness testimony by people who worked in black projects. And that includes, you know, Richard Allen Miller and who, who worked side by side with aliens, as did Dan Burish, as did, you know, I mean, numerous of my witnesses have been along those lines, as well as Mark Richards, who has been disclosing the reptilians and how they operate, how they think, how they act. I mean, and so on and so forth, uh, you know, for the last um, six year or seven years that I've been reporting on that. So what I'm saying here is there's a learning curve that we think people are on a learning curve now. No idea how they're going to have to learn this stuff. But uh, I you know, I have criticized the White Hats along these lines because I feel that they have not been willing to share what people can handle. I say that people can handle the truth, that this idea that you can't handle or you can only think of one thing at a time because your brain is so slow, right? I think this is completely wrong. I think there are too many old men running the White Hats. That I've, I'll say that again. I've said it before, you know, and I think there are not enough young people who are also analyzing the AI because AI is, all, is also not dependable. And there are lots of, of mitigating factors having to do with how this whole thing is rolling out. The decisions White Hats make on a day-to-day basis, the things Juan says, the things he doesn't say, how locked down he has been lately. I mean, when you have an uneducated mass, and it was President Kennedy who said this, you know, if you want to have a democracy of any kind of, you know, open, free society, you have to have an educated populace. Absolutely. Stupid people uninformed people they are much more dangerous okay and but what we have are a lot of stupid uneducated people and i don't think the white hats have done enough in this regard Mm. 
I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, we can and I want to talk a little bit, you know, we can get into a little bit more about, you know, the the exopolitical angle and the transhuman agenda. And because I, I think that's, you know, yeah, another inter- we end up, right? <laughs> I think we've if, been talking for like two hours. Oh, have we been on already for that long? OK, well, well it, flies by. it flies by. Well, you know, it's, it's just to, you know, to put an end cap on that, you know, I, I just can't figure out. I mean, there's certainly, you know, where we're talking about tribunals. I mean, there's certainly, you know, you mentioned the law of war manual. I've read portions of that. I mean, it's it's obviously it's very tough to read. It's you know, you have to like force yourself to read it. Um, but the the portions that I've seen and not only that, the, uh, the you know, the um, what do they call it? The Uniform Court of uh, Code of Military Justice, the UCMJ. There's there's a whole bunch of legal uh, framework in there for secret tribunals. So it's not as if this is like completely out of left field, this idea of secret tribunals. I think what we're talking about, though, is the implication of that and what what that's actually going to mean when that's when that comes out, when that's communicated. Even you said that that could end up spiraling out of control. That could send, you know, people uh, down the direction towards civil war, which but it's interesting because I, I and I tend to agree because people might be so distraught and upset when they hear about these things and all of their heroes that have been executed and they don't want to believe any of it. I could see that angle, um, but you also point out, and you've ha- you've been very very consistent in saying that ultimately, that the masses can handle the truth, and that the White House that's kind of been one of the the cornerstones of your criticism of their approach is that you know basically not trusting in our ability collectively to be able to absorb these realities. But you know you talk about all these things. I mean, up until this point, we haven't really even gotten into non-terrestrials and exopolitics and all of the transhuman agenda and even that, even before we get get into all that, I mean, talking about COVID and the truth about the genocide and talking about the stolen election and talking about the human trafficking and these things in and of themselves I think are going to be well, let's just say it's a pretty tall order. To disclose all that to the public and then you get to the you know the real truth which is you know the the alien involvement the ai and uh the alien incursions the ai takeover and all of these things so i mean certainly we've got a lot of work to do in terms of bringing the public up to speed and so i certainly can see your criticism there but um do you still ultimately believe that that if if they just were to come out and say okay you know enough is enough you know we're, we're going to flip the switch because the way i see it I mean, I, I was kind of making a, a little list here of topics that we've been discussing. I mean, between now and let's just say November of 2024, when the next election is scheduled, right? Um, there's a lot of things that really need to happen. I mean, we're talking about Trump's return. We're talking about, well, will, will there be an election? Will there not be an election? Uh, is there going to be, we're talking about you know the EBS or the EAS, military intervention. We're talking about a massive event, a false flag trigger event. We're talking about military tribunals. We're talking about a nuclear standoff. And that's one that's one heck of a jam packed year. Uh, you know, if that if we're in for all of these things and, you know, I so I, I just think to myself, you know, I and I frequently thought about this. How in the world? Because we see every single day how ignorant so much of the public still is about all of these topics. How in the world are they going to be able to explain all this? And, you know, we've heard about the the movies, you know, like the eight hour long videos that they're going to loop and all of these things. And I. I, I can sort of see that, but the impact of what's coming is going to be so seismic, Carrie, that I, I almost wonder to myself, you know, how could they ever unravel this complex web in a way that's going to really, you know, not backfire? And I know that they've, I mean, this kind of dovetails well, I mean, conversation about I mean, AI because they've gamed this out supposedly, but. 
Let me say this, okay? I know that there's a lot of talk about avoiding civil war. I don't think it's avoidable, okay? I think it's going to happen. You mean like citizens fighting each other or do you mean militaries? Um, Well, militaries for sure. I mean, there's no doubt. In fact, our military has been fighting among itself in secret battles that, you know, sometimes we hear sort of the tail end of things and then they rewrite it in such a way. And there was a missile shot, you know, out over, I don't know, Catalina or somewhere that you remember a couple of years ago. And Sean David Morton reported on it, for example. And, um, you know, clearly that was one part of our military completely clueless while the other part was doing something right. Yep. And then we also have battles going on in the skies. You know, I did want to mention this one thing. I know it seems insignificant in a way, maybe it is, but there's a, a guy who was heading up um, a division of the, I think it's department of defense, whatever division that was dedicated to sort of exposing the UFO question. And he's just uh, stepped down. You might have heard of it. Yes, I, I did hear my, about that. Yeah. Yeah, I have it on my, again, my telegram where I put everything. So yeah. you just go scroll back. You'll see, you know, it's mm-hmm. there, the article about him and, and such. But yeah. the cover story is that, oh, he's done a great job and he really is kind of critical of Grush, who's one of the main CIA whistleblowers, right, to come forward, who actually became like a lightning rod for all the other whistleblowers to come forward because he covered their ground and stood up for them. And then in the UAP uh, congressional investigation, you know, that was televised, um, basically came forward with a lot of the evidence alluding to bodies and this and that. He criticized that. He saw he said that, you know, he didn't believe it or whatever he said. He thought it was negligent to, to come forward. In other words, what I'm trying to allude to here is that you have a guy who is clearly not able to get up to speed to understand what is, in essence, what Grush is saying, which I know to be true because my whistleblowers have been re- revealing this for the last 20 years. OK, mm. and other whistleblowers, even besides them, of course, and other individuals who even came before my time right okay the 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 well-known ones so what we're looking at is is a a sort of revolution in our whole way of thinking in our whole life in everything that we see and do and it's being pushed along by this um, sort of conflagration that results in you know war what we call war and a war of worlds in essence and this is all actually uh, there's a wonderful Terence McKenna thing that I just put up uh, you know, today, this morning, someone stumbled on where he's actually talking about this is actually our entree to uh, to Ascension. <laughs> the people thought Ascension was like smooth and you're going to get all godlike and all this stuff when it's not that at all. It's mm-hmm. actually this complete unveiling, this this uh, sort of dynamic. Uh, releasing of all this shit, you know, that's been building up and been lies, lies upon lies upon lies, right? Mm-hmm. So some of the humanity will be able to handle it. Some certainly won't. Um, it will require, again, these kind of battle zones to occur. Places, safe places will, will emerge. We're even, we're even, according to this litany of, of information from the whistleblower, going to have earth changes and Richard Allen Miller talked about it, you know, that 
Cliff Heith is talking about it. You know that um, uh, Dick Allgaier and his remote viewers have seen it. So we've got some incident, whatever it is, some major incident. Someone just sent me something saying, oh, it's going to happen January 3rd, which I don't think so. But nonetheless, a lot of people are focused on on around uh you know, springtime being late March, early April of this 2024. Some others are now, even Richard Allen Miller is now pushing it back to 2025. God knows when it's on the, you know, <laughs> it, when it's on the on the list of events that we're supposed to live through, okay, or die through, what, right? Yep. So I guess what I'm saying is that it's not all on the white hats. It's not all on watching videos that educate you. You know what I'm saying? In other words, this is going to be a spiritual transformation of our society. And just like the time of World War II, which I was just watching an excellent um, movie on Netflix called All the Light We Cannot See, which is a book I read many years ago, by the way, mm. about the Nazi occupation of Paris and a young girl who was broadcasting, of course, I I identify, right? But nonetheless, who is telling the truth to the masses in her own way during this very time of darkness. And then the the Americans come in and save the day at the very end, all this type of stuff. Well, we are kind of back in that time. We have a lot of darkness and we have a lot of, um, you know, war all around us. And I think it's going to get more. And according, you know, I, do have dreams and evidence of the from the future. Now, I can't say they're accurate, but I can say, at least for me, when I look into the future, I see the good and the bad. And I do see Trump coming back. I do see the White Hats having a certain amount of success. I do see that they are actually going to be trying to get rid of a lot of the so-called illegal aliens and, and you know, um, I guess you might say young men who have come over here with dire, you know, ideas in mind. In other words, we're going to be going through this. It's going to be a moving target. And I think that um, in essence that we're going to see all of this transpire around us at the same time that people are changing. There are energies hitting our earth even right now that, and you maybe are feeling them yourself and people are them where you feel you know exhausted by what what's around you you can't put your finger on it but you can see that there's something major going on and we're very psychic and and cliff high's web bot proves that actually humans are psychic we are all precogs more and more people are going to stumble into that side of themselves i believe by virtue of just being put under pressure you know when you pressurize somebody and of course the illuminati know this Thing. when they torture someone they actually the genie comes out of the body out of the bottle and it basically makes you know them them wake up and and come alive on a spiritual basis so we're going to live more spiritually in the future than we do now and that's also how some people are going to be able to understand and embrace these this litany of crimes, I guess you might say, crimes against humanity, crimes against each other. Um, some people have taken one side. Some people have taken another. Ha- some, some people will want to uh, atone for their, uh, their, their, you know, actions, so-and-so. Um, and, and it, and it moves on. So 
it's not like I have the answer to everything. I just think that we shouldn't isolate these things quite so much the way we tend to do. So right now you and I are emphasizing the, if you want to say the reveal of the Satanism. Actually, it's been revealed in movies and television for eons. Some people can watch horror. I'm not good at watching horror. I tend to watch thrillers and mysteries, but I'm not so into, you know, gore and all that stuff. But actually, funny enough, I mean, I was just over the weekend talking to somebody and this was quite a young person. And, you know, I was throwing things out, you know, from Camelot, just bits and pieces. And she was like, oh, yeah, we all know that. We know that about the UFOs. And I mean, she was on on point already. Okay, and and she obviously knew not a lot about the kind of stuff I talk about, but she had her own entree in, if you will. Mm. So I think there is hope. I actually do think there's lots of hope. And I think a lot of the hope may also come from the young as opposed to the old. But I think the old can be leaders in this aspect. And um, I think that we are going going for a positive future. Ultimately. And I think even that's also in, by the way, the, the Anglo-Saxon whistleblower, actually things do turn around and we do come back to the fore and so on and so forth. But there will be a lot of death and destruction and death is simply a transition. A lot of these people will transition out of these bodies. They're already preparing to do so. Certainly the Gazans that are being killed right now, some will just come back, you know, earlier than, say, others of us. Because they will, you know, die and and return quickly, Um, you know, and there will be certain actions taken to, I think, deal with their souls and the soul transitions. So I'm not saying, you know, to be in favor of the of the genocide. I think recognizing that the Israels, the Israelis and members of the United States military are being put in a position to act exactly like Nazis. I mean, exactly. Um, going, you know, a throwback to World War II. And I think right now, if you watch movies and television and educate yourself, read books about World War II, you will learn a lot that will prepare you for the years ahead, I have to say. Um, And I also see positive things. I see, I do see the White Hats, you know, coming to the fore, as I said. I do see, I mean, one of the things I saw even before the election of 2020, I saw Trump coming to the, to the fore and caravans of illegal aliens headed for the south, the southern border and leaving. Really? Mm-hmm. At the time, I thought, what the hell? You know, I didn't really even totally get what I was seeing because I was focused like everyone else on 2020 that he didn't win. Mm. So it didn't happen. But now the closer we get, the more I see that my dream could really be coming true. And that involves also bombing illegal alien bases that are embedded here on our in our earth, you know, that have to be done away with. In other words, in a sense, the earth has become infested by insects and other alien races and AI races that have tried to take us over. They have not been successful. We are still here. We are evolving spiritually. And those of us that are doing so know it. Okay, we know it deep in our hearts and our souls, and it's happening. 
And, um, you know, I think that in some ways, you know, getting, for example, this media company getting taken over by a, a right wing uh, religious conservative group is indication of how the Illuminati, again, love to pit us against each other because you got right wingers, but you got a certain division of right wingers coming in to take over from the right wingers that are more of a mixed open minded group. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's important to realize that we are being infiltrated, that, you know, white hats are people, you know, they're not. You know, they might want to try to act like God and they may be following an AI who tells them they can act like God. But I don't think that's how it works. Okay, I I really don't. In the end of the day, I don't think it's all sewed sewed up. I think there's a lot more to be had here and a lot of battles that haven't been fought and a lot of truth that hasn't come out that should. I mean, like now. I agree. I agree. I'm glad you brought up Cliff High, too, because I remember that uh, he, he he had taken a long hiatus there and he came out with this. Um, he did a show with Dick Algai, but he also did a show with Nino where he revealed this whole thing about this, you know, this event. And I, I, I've talked about this on my show, but this event that's coming that on his emotional output scale, I think is what he calls it, is going to be like a an 81 or something like that, where 9-11 was like a five. So right. whatever is coming, and he actually projected, if I remember correctly to that interview, I think I remember him talking about sometime around early uh, April of 2024, which interestingly enough coincides with Trump's trial. And, and you know, that I think is probably going to be really, we're going to be in the middle of all that. It's going to be live streamed. And uh, I think there's a, a real big possibility that that could be the point where they decide to, you know, to really... Uh, to ramp up these false flags, that might really be the trigger event, because as you know, and Josh Reed did a brilliant podcast, you know, talking about the Trump card and the military evidence, you know, it's been announced that Trump's legal team has come out and said, yeah, we're going to be submitting classified documents that prove that the election was stolen back in 2016 and all the elections up until, of course, 2020. Um, you you might recall, too, that Trump, when he initially when they initially charged him with the J the J6, you know, BS all those trumped up charges, pun intended, uh, he had initially said he was going to hold a press conference and he was going to reveal all this evidence. I don't know if you remember that, but then he was like, oh, no, my lawyers told me not to do that. But now they've come out and they've said, and this is going to be live streamed for the entire world to see. I know that, I mean, I had a conversation with SG not too long ago and he actually did his most, in his most recent audio file, talked about this, the the Trump card uh, getting played. Um, And I think there happen to be probably many Trump cards. That's just my view. I don't think there's just one single one, but certainly uh, military. Junior is is a Trump card and a a (laughs) photograph of Trump holding a a card with his face on it. But Mm There's no doubt that they've got a lot of Trump cards and the Tesla tech, by the way, the real Tesla tech mm-hmm. um, that comes along with the, you know, tr- with Trump and his family line and uh, the, the, the reveal along those lines that actually supersedes any of these oil battles that that are going on currently, mm-hmm. um, which they they know full well. I mean, so it's it's interesting the things they decide to participate in and, and keep quiet. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is absolutely, um, I think it's interesting. I'm not, you know, I hope that the trial will reveal like in that way. I do want to say a caveat, but I thought if I got it right, wrong, I'm sorry, but 
I actually heard that Cliff High was saying his event was going to happen before the end of the year, which I think he meant this year. Um, so he didn't mean April. He meant the end of the first. I thought it was April. But then I heard early, later that he actually was talking about the end really? of this. year. Wow. So okay. just just caveat. Um, I know Dick Algar's group was ten, tended towards April. And I know that Richard Allen Miller's information tended towards April. Um, the earth change, with it, which is an earth change scenario coming from Algier and from Richard Allen Miller, who have seen, at least in their information. And by the way, Richard Allen Miller is a physicist who worked for Navy intelligence his whole life, basically, and that he's totally controlled by them now, he will freely admit. Um, and so, you know, and he's just, um, in fact, he's coming on my show in a few days and he's going to, he's got a new book out and he's going to be, you know, going crazy with all kinds of great information. But Good. just Good. saying that, you know, in other words, these, we do have some warnings, advanced warnings that people should, you know, and one was sort of reiterating this also in that same interview as he's done many times, which is to warn people to be prepared and have food on hand and, and water and various things. So, you know, I think that we need to look at that and take it seriously. Um, you know, it's interesting that a lot of these other wars have happened off the shores of the United States. This time that we're entering in may indeed, the war will come into our country and we will be fighting not only among ourselves, but you know, having to deal with these different militaries fighting themselves, which they are fully entrenched in fighting at this time. In other words, and they're also, by the way, not that people want to hear about it, but I have to say different divisions of our military are also backed by different ET groups. And this is major, you know, because these ETs have been wars in, in wars of, off of the worlds off planet. According to Ashiana Dean, you know, everyone was brought here on purpose and we are all alien human hybrids, by the way, Juan. And that in essence, we are here to learn to get along and for it to reflect back through all of our, dis diff you know, distant racial memories, meaning also different kinds of species, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a plan beyond the plan. That is more of a divine plan that does have involved, has involved this type of battlefield in the past. And it's not a football game. And we are not God's chosen people, contrary to what one will say. I believe fully and completely that all humans are worth saving. And it doesn't matter what football team, you know, racial profile you have that there is reason for the creator to actually embrace all of us and that we all relate to the creator and we're all part of it, regardless of whether you have a soul connection or some other kind of connection. Limited thinking is not going to do you any service during the future. I can say that. Absolutely. Well, so, that's why um, that's why so many people love listening to you, Carrie, because you stretch the brain in, in the direction <laughs> it needs to go, right? That's been well, you know, this has been amazing. We've been we have been on now for a couple of hours, so I think it's probably a good time to to wind it down. We've had quite an audience, I will tell you. So thank you, everybody out there who's uh, tuned right. into the live stream. It's been really great. Um, so uh, any anything you want to leave the audience with? I know you've said quite a bit. Uh, you want to talk about your website? Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? 
No, other than, you know, because I have thousands of interviews, I've been learning about this for the past 20 years. That's part of the reason I feel I might be a leg up beyond a lot of people out there. I encourage you to watch our interviews. And my website is behind the scenes, not in the greatest shape, but it is there. And I have BitChute, a link to BitChute. I have a channel on Rumble. I have a channel on Odyssey. So when I lost my YouTube channel, it all got filtered down to these other channels. And also my website itself has a ton of my interviews. So if you don't find it on one place, you can find it in another. And if you just do a search, there's a big yellow magnifying glass on the right-hand side of my website. Just enter the first or last name and continue to search. So just want to say, um, you know, that uh, I have a ton of stuff to back up the things I say and that the number of whistleblowers and incredible information is all there. Um, so, you know, a lot of the stuff that's out there right now is not new. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Carrie, it's always an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm glad this went well, our first one on camera, but I think it was a really good one. Yeah, uh, thank you. As always, I mean, you just, you know, we've covered so much territory. It's it's amazing. I could talk to you for hours, but we'll wrap this up for today. I'll have you back on again soon. Uh, everybody out there, again, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate that. Carrie does as well. God bless and Godspeed, folks. I'll be back soon with another report. And until then, Patriot out.